Well, the weather for the whole of the south of England will continue as it has for the next few weeks. It's going to be hot and moist, with temperatures rising steadily as time goes on. There's a chance of steamy moments as we move into the... Ah, sod it. We never wanted to do this. We never wanted to be weathermen and women, making innuendos about hot atmospheres and drizzly countries. We didn't want to be child-friendly. We didn't want to bang on about being for over-18s only. We want to talk about our sexy adventures. We want to be lifestylers, leaping from bush to bush as we sail down the rivers of British sex clubs and mountains of crazy experiences. The cheeky purple mamba, the liquid silk pumped liberally into our hand, the rodeo classic brief harness complete with Tantus curve, the enjoy pure one stainless steel dildo, the hot octopus digit, the ever so short messages on fab swingers, the sexy friends on Twitter, and the mighty vanilla alternative. With my best girlie by my side, we'd swing, swing, swing. Get in the gym or to your car. Without advice, you could go far. We fuck things up and we make mistakes. We talk about our sexy dates. It's getting hard for this to rhyme. Just as well, cause it's bed. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Bedhoppers podcast. My name's Mr. H. I'm Mrs. H. That was a bit of a mouthful. 109! It's a oh, lot I thought of you meant you were a mouthful. I, wow. Well, you know, I wouldn't like to say, but you know, you I have been do. told that I am a mouthful. Who told you that? Uh, people. Who? Uh, what names, dates, I, I, I can't name any of those people. I think you'll get in trouble if you name them. I think I would do. A handful, maybe? <laughs> a handful of people a hand- no, no, told no, no. you that you're a mouthful. Yes. A handful and a mouthful. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's how we're measuring everything. Very consistent measurements. I noticed that you have a nose full of champagne there with you. <laughs> it's how we measure everything nowadays. Yeah, just and I have a really big nose. So. Well, that's that's why you have Trust more me, champagne than I. you prefer my nose full of champagne than yours. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe yes. I just have an earful. Oh my God. Well, I had a handful. <laughs> well, these jokes are awful. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us today and thank you for downloading the show. We've got a bunch of questions. We took to Twitter because we weren't too sure what to talk about this time around. Um, you know, ideas. So we were just not. basically lazy. We, we got lazy this week um, because we've been busy and, <laughs> you know, we. Measuring yeah, measuring things in fulls. So we, we took to Twitter and asked people for some ideas about uh, shows and what they'd like to hear us talk mm. about. And they come up with a load of different ideas. Thank you very much if you submitted one. Uh, we've written them down. So some of them will go on to be full-blown, you know, bedhopper episodes. You want to be fully blown? Uh, yes, I do. During wanna... this episode. Are you feeling a bit sexy right now? Because I'm getting the impression Maybe. that you've got that slightly <laughs> sort of, yeah, don't make you randy look in your eyes. <laughs> Um, so I'll just try and deal with that as I go on. Is this your keys in a bowl episode where you're just chucking all these things into a pick a mix and talking yeah, about Yeah, it's, it's like random questions and topics that we had from people that listen cool. or follow us on Twitter. And I thought we'd pull them out and talk about them. So cool. we're going to go into a few questions. Before we do that, tiny bit of housekeeping, right? For me? For all of us, right? Okay. Social, totally sold out. <gasps> Fantastic. Really I'm very pleased excited. with it. It's less um, than a month to go. The Discord is kicking right off. All of you people, you're amazing. I can't wait to see all of you, meet new people, see old friends. I'm having to work really hard to keep up this chat. 
Are you working really hard to be tolerant of the chat? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing really well. You actually I said something today. I don't think I've offended anyone yet. No, not not to their face. I not mean, directly. You, you, you often screen print stuff and go, what the fuck is this person saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm making this up. That's this is not, not true. true. In don't say that. <laughs> um, but it's really cool. And I'm really liking the fact that everyone's engaging. Lots of people are in there. Uh, I'm really excited for all these people to get together in this amazing venue. So... Um, you know, and we've we've made some sort of baller moves to make it really special. We've got some good That's stuff, exciting. some little treats. So, you know, we'll tell you all about that when that happens. And hopefully we'll get some of them on the show as well, because, you know, you might as well, you know, use them to make content. Well, as let's well as hope us. that the episode we record after the social isn't, hey, we're here to talk about how we really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, this, this is why we're being sued by, you know, the city the council. the anti-social social. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think, I think it's going to be fabulous, and I'm I, I I'm nervous, but only nervous because I want to make it as good as I can be yeah. for everybody else. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm really excited about that. So you're not nervous that I'm just going to be a bit of a twat. Well, there is there's always a risk, <laughs> and and one that I need to be mindful of. But no, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. The other thing that I want to do, and and probably we'll cover this at the end if we get time, is talk a little bit about what we did a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Because we went remember. on a little adventure. Oh, I do remember. Oh, I do remember. <laughs> um, and we might talk a little bit about sexy times. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what's going on. Yeah, you maybe. Know, that might, you know, so stay tuned for the question bits, which people have sent us. And then, you know, if you're lucky, then there might be like a little sexy bit at the end where we talk about what we're up again. To. Yeah, get you all riled up again. <laughs> and then, you know, we'll go off and we'll play some Fortnite and not sort you out at all until much later <laughs> on in the evening. So, um, so we asked people on Twitter, as we said, for some questions. And the first one it was from Soph or Sof. You know, I assume it's Soph. S-O-P-H. Soph. 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 I'm assuming it's short for Sophie. One imagines so. Mm. But, you know, you know, we can't make too many assumptions here. No. But anyway, the, uh, she or they wanted us to talk about uh, rebuilding trust between partners when someone breaks the rules. What? No one breaks rules. <laughs> well, you know. What rules do you speak of? Yeah, and I, I think that they did mention that um, that it wasn't necessarily reflecting on you breaking rules or all the time. Or me script. Yeah, but, but how do you rebuild that trust? Once you've broken the rules. Yeah, once you've broken the rules. I think some of it depends on whether you choose to address that at the time when you go off script a little. Rule breaker. <laughs> so the hope is if you do break the rules between you, then you, you immediately address it in some kind of way because if you don't then it's just going to be the elephant in the room and it's going to cause resentment even more if you don't address it at all then it's just going to lead to more problems isn't it yeah i mean i think i, I think there is a time and a place for addressing the the breaking of trust hmm. and i think there is something to be said for keeping your cool and not getting too emotional when you're exactly uh, near other people so uh, you know we've we've had moments where things haven't gone so well but we've taken ourselves away from the situation yeah you're right there, I was you? watching you uh, waving your hand with wild abandon towards your glass uh, okay that's which fine which looked like it was going to knock the champagne flying oh good this is, is the most middle class thing I've said all day <laughs> do you want your avocado bacon <laughs> thing to go with your hipster statement <laughs> don't knock your champagne flying we must head immediately to M&S to replace the champagne yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, you know, yeah. I think taking yourself away from that situation um, can mm. be a useful tool. Um, talking about it is obviously the, the, the critical bit. And I think there is something around the how bad was that rule break oh, totally. and how, you know, was it a hard, you know, this is you cannot do this and you've broken that rule. Yeah. That's a lot harder like, to get back from. What's the consequence yeah. of doing that? If it's just a, a minor flex of rule breaking, and we've talked about the yeah. flexing of you can flex in and out of rules as long as you're Absolutely. not categorically 
doing something that your partner will absolutely not want you to do. So, and I think that, that probably has a bearing on the conversation you have afterwards. Yeah, true. I think that the most important thing is just that level of communication. And I think quite often if if there is a breakdown of trust between uh, partners, then it's about demonstrating those, you know, that trust and trying to build that back up. I mean, you know, if the situation is really bad, it's going to take time to heal mm. those those wounds and to to build that trust up. Likewise, when people are at the very start of the journey, yeah, you know, it takes it can often take time for them to build that trust up because they haven't been in an environment where these things have been tested before. I think I think generally trust is is thrown under the spotlight a little bit when you're in uh, an open relationship, anyway, because everything you do is compounded a little bit by the fact that you're already pushing yourself beyond the you know the realms of monogamy to some extent so rule breaking may may actually seem like a real real big deal in mm. some ways and rebuilding trust might be really difficult because you're already putting a lot of trust in your partner to be open and honest about things yeah i think there's that the, the other thing that i would i'd probably suggest is to um talk to other people not from a perspective of who was right and who was wrong? <laughs> I do that, which lot. which is your go to move. You'll never guess what he said. Yeah, did. you love doing How this. How awful is In fact, this? You, you, your default used to be to go to your parents if we ever had around. Be like, look what he's done. Look what he's saying. This is insane, isn't it? And of course they'll back you because. Well, you always want to validate that your opinion is right, don't yeah, you? Yeah, no but, one likes to be the the party that has to admit that maybe they were wrong or they shouldn't have reacted the way they did. So. But the, the the reason I bring this up is that actually <laughs> you could explore how they would feel about a similar situation yeah. and see how they cope with it. So maybe they've gone through it before. How do they get through it? Yeah. And not to to cast judgment on people, but to offer advice in terms of how they might approach that situation or how they feel. And putting yourself in someone else's shoes is a really valuable mm. tool in sort of looking at trust and rebuilding that back up. How would you feel if that happened to you? You know, and that sometimes it's hard to do that. And only when you talk to somebody else can you really get a different perspective. Mm, I think we've um, we've found over the years by being in this kind of really open and honest, you know, open rela- relationship now, um, but it's never quite as bad as you think it's going to be, because ultimately it's not it's not like one of us has kind of gone and run off with someone else, which would be the worst. It's more of a, as you say, like a flex. Yeah, rules, I think it's it's a situation that just requires you to take a look at it and kind of work through yeah. it. Some of these things you can dismiss and be like, oh, that's OK, because, you know, you think maybe if I did that, I'd want, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. But it does take time to get your head around some of these things and explore them in more detail. So I, I would definitely say just keep channeling it through and and try and, dem- you know, if you're the person that has broken those rules, try, try and demonstrate a level of trust or build a level of trust by doing things that reassure someone or, or whatever it might be that, that goes against what you've done. So mm. that, that would be my take. So thank you for that one. Um, Adrian, your Adrian, <laughs> said uh, ideas for guys to wear at clubs. I was talking about ideas for th- things for guys to wear. Do this, you mean like dressing down once well, I, or, or just generally clothes to wear to well, a club? I, I just if you're a guy. Generally, you're going to a club, what do you wear? And oh, I think this comes this does come in right. two parts. There's the, you know, making sure that you've got some nice underwear, some nice shorts or whatever, or some nice pants, whatever mm. it might be, that don't have holes in, that, you know, that represent <laughs> you, I think is really important. That's like the the basic fundamental stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that you you wanna look good you want to present well you want to you know so dragging out those old boxer shorts that you got from team building 99 probably aren't gonna gonna (laughs) do the job yeah exactly in terms of actual wear to a club 
you know, I think th this comes back to, you know, everyone has a different perception of what smart is, but I don't think you can go wrong with a suit. No, I mean, that might be a little bit over top of some things. Well, I think... But actually, it, I really like a suit. Yeah, and you don't have to, you know, full-on tie or bow tie no. it. And, you know, I, in fact, we know people like uh, Bradford from By the By who will wear a polo shirt under a suit jacket, mm. but he'll put a harness on the actual thing. To he'll kink it, it up. A, yeah, a bit edgy. Mm. And he looks fabulous. You know, he'll wear it with some really smart jeans and some nice shoes. So you need to really kind of reflect a bit of your style in this, if you can do. Um, but also something that stands out a little bit. If everyone turns up in a grey suit, it's probably not going to be a great fun time. <laughs> but if you put a you know a nice jacket on over a good shirt or some smart jeans or you wear the full suit, but you, maybe you don't go for a tie, you just chill out or you put some braces on, whatever. There's lots of options you can you can do to show that you're making an effort. Because I think that's the important bit. I think bit. it's the effort. You know, Definitely. do your hair, sort your beard out, trim your whatever, shave or whatever it might be, but demonstrate that you're making effort. You, you don't need to be some sort of fashionista by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but I think that effort, effort and confidence that comes with that effort is really sexy. For me, it's smell nice. Honestly, smell nice. No, I, honestly, it's like my biggest tip i think out there for, for men no your biggest tip was five and a half inches or something wasn't it according <laughs> oh to that dream God, you had the other day. <laughs> that was the nipples oh that was the nipples okay There's so your biggest tip then with, all right yeah. we'll come back to that later um, i'm sure no smell nice yeah i think that's a really good thing and that way if you know someone does lean in for a little a little hug um, you kind of captivated by the smell it's really important yeah. for me i think you know there is that general basic hygiene which well, yeah. I, I would expect yeah don't um, mask but, it with just Chucking some links Africa on it. No, that's probably not a good <laughs> idea. But also there's there's, you know, colognes or whatever or aftershaves that you can put on. Don't overdo it. This is the trick though, because for some people they just it's like a cloud as they walk in. But that's yeah. not about what people are wearing. So I would, you know, I yep. would suggest that you think about things like a suit or a jacket and some smart trousers, nice shirt, you know, these and good shoes. Shoes are, are, are a fascinating one, I find, because it like good men's shoes, like what that make hmm. a statement are, are really cool and you know they really draw people's eyes especially women who, who like other ladies shoes so if you're a man wearing some shoes that are quite different out there yeah that, that, it's like magpie season they see the shiny <laughs> things and, and this is a terrible way to present this idea but but it does kind of work in that if you've got a pair of sparkly shoes or whatever it might be it's a conversation starter it it's all about giving people an in to talk to you about something so if you've got like a, a cool tie or you're wearing braces or you've got something or a bow tie even. I think a strong shirt game. Yeah, that all helps you sort mm. of stand out. And, you know, it could be a short sleeve shirt. I think I said that right. That's quite a tough one to say. <laughs> but, you know, if you've got some guns, show them off, do it. Or if you've got like a bit of a chest going on, like wear a tight shirt. There's all this stuff you can do to accessorize it and bring it to life. You mm. can put a pin badge or whatever on the jacket. That's always quite fun. So someone has to lean in and have a look and say, what's that? And you can talk about that thing as well. So it's about that generating that interest, I think, is really important. But, you know, if you do wear a shirt, please iron the fucking thing. Yeah. No. <clears throat> not an elephant's foreskin. No, don't, well, try not to wear elephant's foreskins because <laughs> it's never a good, good look. But yeah, so iron it. Make sure you're nicely presented. And, you know, you shouldn't go too far far from that, really. I mean, you'll, you'll do well if as long as you look. I, I guess there is a mix between being smart and being comfortable. Mm. And I think you need to find that balance for yourself. And I like, I don't like things around my neck at all. So I don't wear a tie and I don't bother with a bow tie, but mm. you can still sort of accessorize your suit and you can still look smart without going all the way up to like you go into your first interview or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think that, that 
you know, for me, that's kind of where I'm at with with guys. What do you like to see a guy in? I like a suit. A suit, eh? I do love a suit. Men, generally speaking, I, I like the effort that they've gone to. Um, it doesn't have to be like a, you know, a, a tie or anything or a button-down shirt, but it just, I think it's nice when they've made the effort to make something that matches and they've clearly taken pride in their appearance. Yeah, even just a but nice... I do like a jazzy shirt. A nice shirt. Like a, and an some, interesting shirt yeah, that draws my eye. Trousers. So you've got fine. some like shirts with like tigers on and stuff like that. And wow. I always think, yeah, but I quite like that because yeah. it's a bit different. This is true. And it's not your average sort of what you just find on the high street. You kind of take the time to go and find something a bit alternative. Yeah, and I, I'll enjoy that. I kind of like reflecting some of my personality and what I'm wearing. So Yeah, I probably <laughs> prefer that over kinkwear, really. Yeah. It, if, even if we're talking about club environments, I'd actually prefer an interesting like alternative shirt than someone wearing a mesh vest or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a time and a place for those things, and I think they can work. And <clears throat> pardon me, I think we've seen... People wear uh, like mesh shirts, but with a jacket over the top. And that yeah. can be quite like, like you can twist these things around a bit and make them interesting. So that's kind of where, hmm. where I'm at for that one. Okay. The third question. Private Stag and Vixen. Right. Okay. Uh, want to know the age and stage, stage, I can hardly read now, of relationships that couples take the plunge and how also how you overcome barriers such as family, work and et cetera. So you're talking about like demographics? Of yeah, I who, think so. Who swings? So, yeah, I mean, I would suggest that that um, the average age tends to be, and maybe swingers help can help, you know, give mm. us some decent stats on that. So I would say seek them out on Twitter because they've got done various surveys where they've got tons and tons of data. But it tends to be the 30s to 50s seem to be the most popular. That's a big range. <laughs> well, it, but, but it is. It's kind of mid-30s. 40 seems to be the... the the main zone, I, I think. Yes. And I think I might have agreed with you a couple of years ago, but actually I'm seeing younger and younger people yes. get involved as a demographic mm-hmm. because I almost feel like now what what I probably did, I don't know, going back 25 years in my uni days, like just had a random threesome. Mm. Now I think the younger generation or demographic would probably think that's quite... Those young whippersnappers no, and their no, it's almost like... That's almost like a, a gateway now into maybe I'm entering into a non-monogamous choice. Yeah, I, I agree. Whereas Twenty odd years ago, that was just well, actually being here for a slut <laughs> and going <laughs> out wrong with that. a night out on the town. And if you ended up with three in your bed, it was a good night. <laughs> but now it's almost oh, I'm making a choice to do that as a, a way of life, and mm-hmm. maybe my future ongoing relationships may involve others. Or I may choose to involve multiple partners rather than seek the orthodox kind of partners of, you know, boy meets girl, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's now more and more younger demographics are doing that because it's just more acceptable. Yeah, I think there is. Th- and polyamory is like way out there and trendy. And that's you hot get right now. It's like Magatti. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's more acceptable now not to enter into an orthodox kind of relationship status. Yeah, I, I think. I think there is something around the uh, the description of this. So I think hmm. what you, what I've certainly observed is that the sort of 30s, 40s, 50s tend to fall into the um, swinger category or the hot wife category a lot more. They like a level of definition, I think. Yeah. Broadly, and this yeah, is perhaps. massive, massive sweeping statements, but the younger generations, the 20s or late teens or whatever they're, um, they tend to just like the concept of something that's very fluid and yeah, open. Exactly and that. There's certainly more of that, but I don't think they necessarily those paths don't always cross because mm. they they live very different ways. I think. 
and and certainly they seem to have this sort of oh we're, we're just this is what we do this is us rather than slapping a label on it but i think as you know you go into the older generations um of which we are part uh, you know it's a, we're a swing a couple or we're a hot wife couple or we have an open marriage all this sort well, of stuff we've kind of come out of the we had a relationship we we got married you know we had family blah blah yeah. blah and then you kind of go into your um your your next kind of decade of um living as an adult and you're kind of right right now we want to explore this perhaps whereas younger demographics again you know they're very fluid with their you know I'm pansexual or I'm this and I'm that and they're open to all these more um and I, alternative concepts maybe I do think that links back to the question around the stage of relationships and that mm. the 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 very young generations, this this doesn't seem, you know, this it's any stage they can jump yeah. into that. However, there feels like there's this sort of gap as you get into the 20s and it's almost like the 20s and 30s are kind of people having kids, they're mm. settling down. For the most part, again, massive sweeping generalisations, but my observation is, is once they've had those kids... What do you do now? What do you do now? And some of those kids <laughs> are very young. Adventures. Some of them are older, some of them have left and they're, and they're empty nesters and it's kind of like that, oh, let's reclaim some yeah. of our, our lives let's have some fun can't go clubbing can't do this let's go have yeah. sex with them other people yeah. you know and I, I, there is a bit of that to it i think you know uh, people taking the plunge they it does feel like there is a um a, a level of time and investment that people have traditionally put in before they they sort of say okay let's become ethically non-monogamous mm, in like some a shape solid or form. foundation and a good yeah. relationship and all that stuff and we know people that have met in the lifestyle we know quite a few mm. um but the vast majority, I think, of people that have been together 10 plus years that have kind of, um, they've become comfortable and confident in their relationship. And therefore that reduces, doesn't get rid of, but reduces the risk of going into an open relationship of some sort or an ethically non-monogamous, non I can't even say it, non-monogamous Well, they're ready to enhance relationship. their relationship and yeah. explore more things. hundred percent. And as a result, because they are confident and comfortable with who they are, mm. they're happy to explore. Whereas mm. some of those people that are in those early, you know, three, four yeah. years or whatever, tend to be much more risk of. Well, well, I think they're Maybe. either experimental at the, the very front end or they're risk averse once they start getting into the sort of kids settling down period, mm. you know, growing up with their mates in their 20s. That tends to be a time when people don't don't traditionally get into to this sort of thing. But I think, you know, I, I'd be really interested to look at Swingers Help and see what they had to say about it and all the data that they got. I would have done some research, but it's been a busy week. <laughs> Plus, I think it's um, it, it's really difficult to pigeonhole things and I'd be quite wary of putting any, as you say, some any hard facts behind things because it, honestly, now things are just um, really way more fluid in terms of people's yeah. approaches to things, I think. And in terms of what was the second part of that question, which was about... Um, so overcoming barriers. Overcoming barriers, that was it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a tricky one because some people have all the luck when it comes to sort of mm. getting pet sitters, um, <laughs> babysitters, all that kind of stuff. Other people have to work really hard to fit this extra curricular lifestyle in, in amongst all of that stuff. So they value their time when yeah. they do get it. So when they do get that opportunity, they want to, they, they want to go full tilt into it. And I, I can completely understand that. And it's really fascinating because we've, we've had a, a child move back in temporarily, I'm told, on a mm -hmm. daily basis. But we've had to sort of organise our lives around that quite a bit and kind of work through how that prevents us from going out and doing things or bringing people back. And Yeah, um, I mean, most people have a life outside of 
their, their non-monogamous choices yeah. and they have to work around that. And obviously that always comes first. You know, it's always secondary, isn't it, to your extramarital pursuits? Yeah. And, and there's also, you know, th- there's other barriers to things like um, just just literally the ability to work, manage a diary with people coming in and out of your house <laughs> and knowing when everyone's going to be around yeah. and what you can g- get away with, all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I think you kind of learn as you go along and you adapt your play style a little bit to, you know, like a fish in a pond, you grow to the size of your pond mm-hmm. because, you know, that's the only way you can get out and explore this stuff. Mm. So, it, it be, but it also can become quite exciting having those barriers there because they do mean that when you do get the chance to go for it, you really go for you it and it becomes it, much more exciting as a result. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really tricky one. I'd really be interested in hearing how other people cope with having kids around the whole time and uh, coping with family and you Not know to mention a pandemic well yeah I, and, and <laughs> we all had to navigate there's always another crisis you know we've found that especially mm. as we got older there's always another issue where something something is broken or a roof is caved in or the thing is leaking or or, or, or someone's up you know there's, yeah. life does get in the way but actually we found this to be a huge escape from that reality sometimes so we look forward to the days when we can go out and do this stuff mm. Um, because it is a real step away from the humdrum of normal life, which is which is really cool, I think. Do you want the next question? Yeah, go for it. What's okay. next in your bowl of keys? Oh, and <laughs> bowl of questions. So, uh, Secret Stag. Oh, yeah. You know him, right? I've heard of him. You've heard of him. Said, toys, how many is too many? Now, I'm assuming <laughs> he means Transformers, so the answer is there are never enough. The answer is there is a... There is a finite number of Transformers that you can own before it becomes a bane of your wife's life. Um, and it's not happened yet, which is fantastic. How do you know? So good news. I'm glad that you said <laughs> this. I shall proceed to buy another eight, which is I am fine. actually surrounded by Transformers boxes as we talk. Yeah, that's true. But I'm also surrounded by shoe boxes. Because there's nowhere to put my shoes because of your Transformers. No, this is the podcasting room, dear. This, You know, <laughs> I'm just saying... Like, if there wasn't a child living with us right now, that would be a Transformer shoebox room. This is a battle you cannot win. <laughs> Are you assuming Mr. Stag, uh, who thinks he's kind of a big deal, is talking about sex toys? I believe he is. And my answer to this is, is uh, as many as, as you many need. As many as you need. Yeah. And, and if there's you, always a better toy to be found. There's a bigger fish. There is. But there is always... Um, you know, there's new things that are coming out. So there's always technology and evolutions so of what's there. So you televisions. Yeah, I know. That's there's right. always it's, a bigger TV. There's, that's <laughs> on the it's, it's not have a pop at me day. It's let's talk about these people <laughs> questions. So I, I would... context. Exactly. But I think there is, um, you know, we, we've got quite a collection of toys. I wouldn't say that we've got the biggest of all of our, all the people that oh, we know. Oh, gosh, no. Um, but I think what we find is that you, you, tr- you get a toy, you try it, and sometimes it's yeah. great and works yeah. for you, and sometimes it's meh. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with getting a toy that then doesn't really stuck up to what you want it to be. Because part of the fun is trying it out. Yeah. That, that and if is... it doesn't work out for you, then all right. Yeah, actually, actually, good example here. So we've got toys that we've probably not bothered trying much at the time or tried and then discarded. And then actually months later or a year later, I've suddenly rediscovered them. Yeah. And thought, Oh. Well, you lost one um, for a year. For, yeah. For one or point. maybe I didn't really um, have the right mindset at the time I purchased this toy to want to explore its, you know, hidden depths that it has. Okay. <laughs> so maybe, you know, you can kind of resurrect the, the toy ex- exploration together and revisit them and you might find that you'll, you know, you enjoy it more. Yeah. I think, I, you know, with toys, it's it's always nice to have a toy for 
every occasion. Every possibility. Yeah, I, that, that's the way I think. That's my Batmaning coming into play there. Yeah, completely. But I like toys that we can share with other people. I like toys where it's just for us two. Yeah. Things that, that, that cross over that boundary. And then there's toys that, for example, there are toys there that I can't play with or you can't play with that are just for each of us. Mm-hmm. And then also ones where, um, for example, like the double-ended dildo, it's definitely a toy for two people. It's definitely a toy for, yeah, but, but it's not us two. I'm I'm merely a hand that holds the thing in the middle occasionally if I'm lucky. So, you know, it's nice having that array of stuff and they don't always get brought out at every opportunity. Yeah. But I like having, I think there's probably about five or six toys that are that are sort of in constant rotation. Like a regular go-to yeah. visa favourites. Yeah, and things like the Hot Octopus um the digit thing, thing or oh, whatever digit, it is yeah. digit and the cock ring the enjoy 11 curve there's a few uh, others there's, yeah there's some rotation the wand the doxy type thing and you know some other bits and bobs which i think are constantly in rotation and then others drift in drift out you know like mm. the geeky sex toy ones are really nice but i think they're like hey fun to get out every now and then and play with that and then okay back I they think they're draw. almost almost more of a showpiece yeah in a way i'm more in love with the idea of them than what they actually do yeah i'm also really glad that i own them so i I agree but the answer is is there's no answer because you can have as many as you want yeah you've got to have someone to put them i think so (laughs) so um d asked uh favorite furniture in the lifestyle that's a good question because we actually do have some furniture that is specific to sex well firstly a big bed is essential oh god yeah i think that's oh you yeah. don't have to do it on a bed no you don't but, it, but, a big bed but is i fun. like a big bed especially yeah. where, where you can get like four of you all lined up that's, that's great yeah and are we talking when we talk about furniture are we extending that to the peripheral things like accessories like podcast the, room no. <laughs> absolutely critical no i mean that um that sheet Oh, the, the liberation the bel- throw. The liberation throw. It's yeah, got like a velvety so. one side and satin the other side. Yeah, so like an anti-squirt, um, yeah, anti-squirt cover. We make it sound like it stops you squirting. It, no, it doesn't. It just stops you squirting all over the um, well, it doesn't bed. stop you. It just absorbs it. Well, that's what I mean. And it looks fancy. Yeah, it looks nice. And if it's you get it the wrong way up, you just slide all over it. Like you're <laughs> sliding across the It's, it's more exciting car. than saying, let me just go and get a beach towel. <laughs> so I, you know, I think that that thing's really good. Uh, the Liberator, the curve, no, the S flip, whatever it's called. Yes, yeah, like which a, is like a cube which unfurls. That's quite useful. Yeah. Although to be fair, I think we forget that it's there because the cube is so well disguised. It is. But do you know what? I actually do have a rather what well, a little bit of a negative um, thing to say about that that cube thing. Okay. It's ever so slightly on the narrow side. Okay. So once you're lying on it. It's, I think it's fine, but if you roll around ever so slightly or you want some room to move, then you run the risk of kind of rolling off it. Okay. And I find it a little bit difficult to stay on it sometimes. Uh, Whether that's because, I don't know, you're supposed to stay still once you want it. I don't know. Are you just too wide? That is not. For the furniture. (laughs) That's even worse. (laughs) (laughs) You're simply too wide for this cube. Yeah. Oh. You need to be this thin to ride the cube. Well. Yeah, actually, okay. I mean, it's a negative thing I've said because it makes me feel a little bit like I might roll off it or topple over. It, it's, I, yeah, I think with a lot of movement, you, you'd have to be a bit careful with that one. Yeah. We've also got the wedge, which is quite nice. The wedge is great, although you do look like a, me. I do resemble a turtle on my back when I'm trying to get it in the right position, yes, which is very ungainly. I think, you you know, on your back, <laughs> there is a turtle on your back kind of vibe going on anyway. <laughs> and you've got your legs in the air and... 
Uh, uh, it paints in a great picture here. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's not the easiest thing to put into position and look sexy at the same time. Well, I think you have to be honest. You have to go, right, this is going to, there's no dignity in no, this. Hook your legs no over my shoulders and I'm going to slide I this, under, this you. under your back. Yeah. And <laughs> I've said that a number of times. And it, it's funny, but it's actually quite a nice, nice piece of kit. But not something that you'd necessarily want to encounter with a new partner and you don't really want them to see you at your most ungainly. <laughs> no, uh, maybe not. But I think from a, hey, this is a bit of fun. It's because it's no different to a couple of cushions. Please close up. your eyes while I manoeuvre myself. <laughs> <laughs> Please look to the right. Exactly. Cast thine eyes but upon mine. I think mine. a lot of furniture, all these, these furniture accessories actually do, whilst they're very good at achieving an end result, you it is just a little bit awkward trying to manoeuvre it and get it where it needs yeah, to be. Yeah, I think so. I mean, to it's be fair. It's part of fun, but also it's not great if you want to look really hot when you're doing it. Yeah, and, and you can take some of this furniture to, to like a new level. We know that, that by the by have like a, or did have, I don't think they've got it anymore, had like this wonderful BDSM bed that had hooks and ropes and swings and all sorts of things. Yeah, it. it looked fantastic. Maybe they do, who knows? So, well, I think they've moved house and they couldn't, the bed was Aww. too big to move out of the room then it was constructed. But... They might as well have it. May, they may well. Who knows? We don't. But By the way, you can get bespoke purpose-built yeah, beds and I furniture. love the idea of that. That sounds like re- like a real fun thing. Especially but, if you're really into the kind of, you know, kinky BDSM yeah, stuff. Yeah, maybe there's something some... for the spare room, you know? I mean, we have, oh my God, we've got a sex swing, which hilariously hasn't really um, made the light of day for a long time. Two, because it two looks, uses. It's really difficult to use. And it's like over the door kind of thing. I'm not in, entirely impressed it's, with it. To be no, fair. I'm not impressed either. I mean, they look great in a club because you're like, oh, look at this. It's suspended from a ceiling and it's got its own room to show it off, but it's not ideal if you're putting it on the back of the bedroom door. Yeah. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's fair. So I'm going to move on. Go on. So Starlord and Penny Lane. Hello. Yeah. They asked about coming out stories. Oh, yeah. And... So I don't think we can probably do this one that much justice in the space of a five minute sort no. of blurb. And, I, you know, we've covered our, our sort of coming out yeah, to have. the kids and my sister really type, type stories before. Again, what but... I would say is that if you've got an interesting story about coming out, mm. not just them, anybody, just get in touch with us. We'd love to hear it. If you want to send us an audio clip, we can arrange that and we'll do a show about it at some yeah, point I in the future. It, it probably deserves... Um, credence of a, a bigger episode yeah nice idea guys thanks for making us work <laughs> anyways so um fun couple two 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 all the twos all the twos 22. said, uh, said that we liked their tweets that was nice i enjoyed oh, okay. that yeah that was fun thanks guys uh swingers help come in with a few things um so the first one is around non-drinkers in the lifestyle fascinating Great answer. You're welcome. Love it. Next Tune question. in next week. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. No, I think this is a well, fascinating While you're answering subject. this one, I'm actually going to pour you a drink. Hilariously. Pour me some champagne. So I've got loads of opinions about this. And part of that is because we've recently spoken to a few people about this very subject. And there's a lot of pros and cons for drinking and not drinking respectively in this journey. And we've been on both sides of that um, to our detriment and also to our advantage. Um, so some people consciously make the decision not to drink whilst, you know, whilst they're, in, they're going through these adventures because they want to remember all of the things in glorious detail. And I think that's amazing if you can actually do that and navigate this, you know, choppy journey and you can do and they it want without to perform, to be drink fair. and you can do that and you, you don't sense any nerves and you can do it. Brilliant. Then you should totally do that. What I will say. I can't, personally. I do like to have a couple of drinks, even if it is only a few, because I just find that me, personally, as a preference, it takes the edge off 
I don't know. I, I like to feel a little buzz of something that elevates <laughs> my mood. Going back to the toys conversation. No, it's not. I I, I know a couple of drinks, even if it's only one or two, it will elevate my mood a little bit and it will put me at ease. I don't need a drink to perform. I just like it. Yep. Um, And I find not drinking to me a little bit of a hindrance with my own mood because I just like to feel a little bit flirty and a drink or two brings that out in me. Yeah, I'd say that's true for you. You know, I've kind of lived the... I suppose I've been more of the not drinking side. I know, you had um, to, didn't you, for a while? For a while, you weren't able to drive um, and you're on medication and stuff. Um, so I had to to be around for that. Um, so we did have a few meets during this period and I, I drove you to those, you know, or drove you, drove us to the meets and I didn't drink. So you've had the benefit of both experiences, really. Yeah, um, I found it harder to 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 understand sober <laughs> but to get into a mood. To get maybe. into the mood, maybe. But I think part of that also was um, much more about the fact that this is quite early on in our, yeah. our stages. So and I'm Dutch probably, courage is yeah, nice, isn't it? It helped, and I think I'm still I still like like a drink, but it's very possible to enjoy the lifestyle without a drink. I think people will probably question that. Mm. Uh, why aren't you having a drink? Purely because drinking is so prevalent, I would say. It is, I would agree. Most people probably identify or associate having a bit of a good time with a couple of drinks, yeah. even if that's as far as you take it. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. And I think even, you know, on a social, it's quite common to go to, to a pub and have a mm. few drinks or whatever and all this sort of stuff. I I think we did, did a number of meets while I, when I wasn't drinking and I think everything was fine. It was just a lot. I think was, everyone's drinking and not you. Yeah, that, that's I, harder I think, still. I think that was part of it, and that mm. everyone had a drink. And apart from you, apart from me, <laughs> and that was kind of weird. Um, but also, it was just harder sort of getting into that frame of mind. But equally, I think you know we've been and we've played with people where one of them doesn't drink. Yeah, and that's absolutely fine. Of course, it, it, is. it just it's just I think instantly you kind of get a bit like, oh, why well, you're not drinking? Because you know you're nosy and you you kind of want to know, but I don't think it's I don't think it necessarily has to be detrimental to your experience. And in fact, I, I would say that we've probably encountered more problems from people, particularly men who have drunk too much. I would agree with that as well. So annoyingly, it, as I said, it can be a blessing and a curse. Yeah, and I think it depends how responsible you are with your own preference. And you know, unfortunately, I've I've <laughs> fallen foul of my own. Um, rules there and not drunk and responsibly sometimes. And I, I accept that and I acknowledge that. But you, if you do it in moderation and you, you do drink responsibly, it can enhance your experience, I think. Yeah, I, I would say that's fine. It's just knowing when, when to, to, stop. <laughs> to stop or when to slow down. I think there is a giddy excitement that comes with a... You, you feel know, you're the, invincible. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you continue to drink and before you know it, you're you're chucking pissed. up in someone's muff, you know, <laughs> and and that's never a good thing. So my take would be it's absolutely possible to be a non-drinker. Of course. Um, and most people we absolutely welcomed. I think, you know, particularly in this country, I think people are often eyed with suspicion if they don't drink. I would agree. And just that's generally, not necessarily the right thing. No. But it is also but that's my experience. more often than not yeah. our experiences that people at least will have a couple of drinks. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. So, I, you know, I I would say, you know, go for it, knock yourself out, jump in feet first, all that sort of stuff. But just be mindful that people may be a little bit like, what? Uh, but <laughs> they'll get over that quickly and they, you know, they should get over themselves. Um, the other thing they asked about was about BBW and being in the lifestyle. Do Okay. 
And BBW. you know, is it possible to be a big, bold, beautiful woman or whatever? I don't think I've ever truly understood what it stands for. Is it big and busty? <laughs> big, bold, big, beautiful. Big, beautiful big, women. Big, beautiful women. Yeah, yeah right. cool. So, I think this is this 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 kind of harkens back to that sort of body shapes and the lifestyle and yeah. what's accepted and what's acceptable and, and and all this sort of stuff. And I I would say with one hundred percent certainty that we have seen every single different body size shape um yeah from well i i don't need to explain what body shapes are to you gentle listener but the, we've seen the whole gamut of that and i think what i will say is this that everyone is entitled to feel attracted to what they feel attracted mm. to so for some people they just won't be interested because of the you know preference, yeah, preference. It could even be, you know, it could be down to the, the your haircut, it could be down to the, your body shape. Well, some people it could don't be like beards. Yeah, 100%. And absolutely, everyone is entitled to, 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 to do that. What I will say is that I, I think there is a bit of a sort of um, a snobbishness about body size. Mm. You know, we've certainly witnessed that. Um, but not everyone is that way inclined. And it depends where you go and the environment that you're in. So we've been to Desire a couple of times, mm. and the first time we went uh, with a uh, We Got a Thing takeover, and that that group of people were probably uh, a lot more interested in in the way that people look. It okay. was a lot, I'd say there's a lot more of a focus on that. Mm-hmm. We then the following year we went with the Life on the Swing set, who were much more body friendly, and much more kink and approach. And all that sort of stuff, friendly. And I would say that that was a much better group and a much more welcoming group as a result of it. Because of the acceptance. Yeah. And I think no one should be limited by their lack of self-worth in no, this. No, not at all. When naively, when we entered this, <laughs> I naively thought that everybody would be um, of a certain shape or size. And I, I kind of made some assumptions around in order to be successful and be um, wanted or, you know, be accepted by anyone on sort of dates or experiences, I'd have to look a certain way. Um, so it was a real shock to my my levels of confidence when, A, that wasn't the case, and B, actually, it doesn't necessarily follow that if you're slim with big boobs, then you're going to do any better than someone who's maybe curvy. And just has a great personality. Yeah. So I think it can do wonders for your confidence being in this this kind of 100%. lifestyle because there's someone out there that appreciates every form. I think but, somewhere but along the way. But it's all very well you saying that. And but I think mm. you have to have you have to have a level of preparedness of of rejection in yeah, this lifestyle. Yeah, and you know, it doesn't matter what you look like. No. Or even to a certain extent how you behave and all that sort of stuff, although it's obviously good to behave in a good way, some people are going to like you and some people are not. And you need to know that some people, you know, if you're forwards and you say, hey, do you fancy doing this? Some people are going to say no and some people are going to say yes. And some people just have barriers of their own based on age. Yeah. Nothing to do with your body shape or your body yep. size. It could just purely be that they just don't like playing with people over, I don't know, 50, for well, example, because a, that's just your preference. Anything can be a preference. Yeah. You know, age, colour, <laughs> well, accent, all that sort of stuff. What I would say is that that this is often the 
most welcoming lifestyle or the most welcoming thing mm. or, or, or club or whatever you want to call it that I've ever witnessed. At the same point, <laughs> it can be also the most, most judgmental. Oh, I and, agree. And I think it's about finding your tribe and that's really hard to do. And we took a long time finding mm. a, a place where we were comfortable. Um, but, it, but you have to get to that spot. And you could go in a, into a club, for example, and you're going to see lots of different shapes, sizes, whatever, but you just don't know how people are going to react yeah. to you. Yeah. And likewise, you could exchange messages on, on, on some of the sites like Fab or, you know, like some of the other ones. And you might just find that people reject you purely and simply on the basis of how your profile looks. Yeah. And that can be really hurtful, especially if you think, well, they've clearly done that because I'm a little bit curvy or I'm a little bit overweight. And it's hard not to associate your lack of self-worth sometimes with why people reject you. Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we've we rejected profiles because the spelling has been bloody awful. And <laughs> Nothing that, to do with but, a body image. <laughs> but, that's, but that level of intelligence is something that we find attractive. And that's mm. absolutely our right to find that attractive yeah. um, and to have preferences around that. I think what's really important is that, that the way you handle that rejection as someone that's turning someone down is absolutely critical. And I agree. One, one of the things I loved about the swing set thing Mm. was was actually um, everyone was encouraged to ask for what they wanted. Mm. But also everyone was absolutely encouraged to say, if you don't, if you didn't want to do it, you could say so. And you know what? There's a, you can celebrate that because, you know, I, I remember someone asked, asked us if, if, well, asked me if she, you know, she could hook up with me. And I was, I pondered it for ages and ages <laughs> and ages. And I sent her a message back because this was all done via the chat medium or whatever it was. And I said, look, I'm, I'm really sorry. I really like you as a human being, but I, you know, I, I, I don't want to do the thing with you. Yeah. Um, hope that's okay. Like, come and see me for hugs, high fives, whatever. But, but this is where I draw on. And, and she wrote back and was like, that's no problem at all. Like, it's really cool that you've actually, you know, that you, you responded and told me what you're interested in. I'm really happy for that. Okay, that sounds a little bit over the top. But as a principal, I, I utterly adored that because it meant that I had the confidence to ask for what I wanted. But also had confidence in knowing that if someone was to reject me or turn turn me away, and believe me, it happens a lot, um, that that they would do so in a way that didn't hurt my feelings. And also, it's absolutely their right to be honest, because yeah. what's worse, someone having a pity fuck with you. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, there is that. There is but that. I would I would end by saying with this one because it is it's a really big subject actually, and I know we've covered it tons on different shows, but I, I maintain it's absolutely it's not your responsibility to live up to someone else's expectation of how you should look yeah because that's preference it's your choice yeah and well, if you're happy go for it there's going to be someone out there who finds you amazing and that's the thing it's that confidence mm. it's knowing that that you you have self-worth and as long as you go in with that then then you will find people that that, and that will play with you so attractive anyway 100 percent, 100 percent. so the last thing that swingers help mentioned and this will be the last one before we sort of round up our little what mm. we've been up to kind of thing. Um, they said games to get things started. And <gasps> oh, there's only one I love games. To this. Like, uh, you like, love games. I love games. I I think games have played a really important part. And with, without doubt, the, the thing to get things started has been the game of lifestyle for us. I really agree. And it's not because we're affiliated or anything like that with them. I think it's a brilliant game. Yeah. it's. Um, I mean, if you go to the game of lifestyle and use code BH10, you get 10% off. Yeah. We don't get a kickback from that. Um, they've been very kind to us over the years. Um, and but, they're great. I but love the, their games. The, the, the games, I mean, we played it with uh, our Star Trek party, or yeah. not our Star Trek party, but the one the we went Star to. Trek party. And honestly, it made things 
simple, it made it easy, it made it fun. So I, I cannot recommend that enough. There's some app things like Peachin, which is hilariously funny and bad, but <laughs> does a similar sort of thing. You can play Truth or Dare. Or you can play Roll the Dice. Spin the Bottle. Spin the Bottle. All that's kind of fun. I mean, you could even play Fortnite for months on end to, to build a relationship <laughs> with people. I, but I would say that if you're in the environment and everyone wants to, everyone's sort of nervous about playing but wants to play, that game of lifestyle just kicks ass. It's just so good. And it's fun without making someone feel like they're put on the spot because there's all these different levels of safety built in to yeah. protect you and how nervous you are. You, if someone's not happy, you just scale it back. You just well, go back a bit and you really like icebreaker. So there's the icebreaker sort of questions. And for our social, um, we, we got in touch with the Game Lifestyle people and um, they said that we could use some of their questions to, yeah. as a question of the day as we're leading into the social. So every day I take a picture of the card in a different way and post it on. And you know what? It's been amazing. You know, it's like, what porn do you like? Um, it was the last time you masturbated. I think it's just about really six hours ago. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. Way to break the ice yeah. and have some um, like-minded conversations with people. And it even brings the, the you know, the shyest person out of their shallow bit because it makes you, it doesn't give you any shame talking about the subjects that they bring up. No, and, and I think it just, it's, it's so simple. It doesn't take a lot of space. It's yeah. not like a whole board game. It's just a deck of cards or two decks of cards or whatever. And it's, it's never not worked. And you know what? It's always fun when you get stopped at customs and they get it out and have a look oh, and that's, then start that's throwing your cards on Yeah, the that's floor. true. But there is always the <laughs> risk that your wife is hiding the, hiding the put a blindfold on you and everyone takes a turn kissing your card. I suspect if I shake you, Absolutely six of those cards. Absolutely, that. Yeah. It's an amazing card. Mm -hmm. I would ask Game & Lifestyle, if you're listening, to please make at least 10 uh, replicas of that card and put it into every pack. <laughs> <laughs> just send them to you. Because uh, every woman needs that card. <laughs> well, that, that, that's absolutely fine. So, I mean, in the absence of that, I would s still say games of any description is a really good icebreaker anyway. Even if you just got a pack of playing cards and played a little random game of strip poker. If you don't know how to play poker, then play Snap. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but something that just elevates you from A to B without it being, what do we do now? How do we get to to the point where we've all been out and we've done some stuff and now we want to go and do some more stuff, but we don't know how to do it. Yeah. Because that was the biggest hurdle that we faced, I think, in the early days. Totally. How do you go from A to B and do it without feeling awfully nervous? Yeah. And the games can help so much. Definitely. And and don't forget to put a spin the bottle app on your phone as yes. well. That's that's, that's absolutely critical. Yeah. And it's really fun. Yeah. Especially one where you can put names in if you're And it nerdy. reminds me of um, that years and years ago when you kind of go to like parties and stuff and you play spin the bottle just because it's never fun. happened never happened to how me. how has this never happened to you you've met me right and he was an adult that sounds like rule breaking all to me this. oh all right seven minutes in heaven then never did that oh my god yeah that's just why I'm making up for it now um, <laughs> so I'm conscious that we've 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 spent a long time going through these questions. So thank you to everyone that submitted them. There were a number that we we've not been able to get through today, and some of those are going to go on to become shows in their own yeah, right. I think some of them require a bit of research. So if you've got thoughts on any of this stuff, just chuck it our way. That would be lovely. Or even new questions we haven't got. Yeah, that that would be fantastic. We'd love hearing from our listeners, or just people on Twitter. You know, if you don't listen but you just want to chuck us a question, do it, and we'll be really interested to see what you got to say. Now. Before we close this one out, I want to give a little bit of a tease because I don't want to talk about this in full, but I think it would be good to give listeners a little bit of a snapshot about what we've been up to over the past sort of week oh, or yeah. two. What's so, been up to? Well, we took a trip, didn't we? Go Not on. to the year 3000 where everyone <laughs> bought us 7th album. With a triple-breasted women. Yeah. 
Although we did watch Total Recall recently and there yeah. were triple rest women. With boy bands and another one and another one and another one. No, we went to London, right? London. London. We did. With the big smoke. Two other couples, right? And this has been on Twitter, so yes, we can. This has been on Twitter. Twitter. So who do we go with? Happened. Who do we go with? His cock hotel mm-hmm. and a secret stag, secret vixen. So we went to London and we went to the pop-up superhero bar. The same people that do the cauldron, the Harry Potter make-your-own potions Harry slash themed. cocktails. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not official. It's not actually official yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, Barry Plotter and, That's the and one. his Barry Trotter. <laughs> hoblet of dire. Um, <laughs> okay, it was a lot of pressure on me to come well, to the other one. Well, we went to the superhero bar So we went to a pop-up superhero which bar. Which is only there until the end of August. Yeah, so. and we stayed in a, an, a really nice Airbnb. Yeah. And... We did this sort of making cocktails with old superhero type things. What I really like, we got there and they immediately gave us masks. Oh, you mean the superhero capes, people? The superhero I thought you meant his cocktail. Well, no, no, no. We'll come to them in a bit. Oh. But, but they, we, we all had all these masks on. And capes. And capes. But what I really liked is the fact that we all have these superhero names. Like, we all, you know, we're LV, VI, Secret oh, State, Secret Vixen, yeah. Mr. H, Mrs. H. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we've got genuine superhero names, you know, as we see it. And, you know, we had to do all this cocktail making and it was really fun. That was terrible, wasn't it? It was, it was honestly, it was a, an amazing, amazing little time. And um, I was really pleased that we got to spend some some quality time with, with those yeah, fantastic totally. people. Um, it was a powerful room. It was a, it was a powerful, <clears throat> powerful, power couple, couple, couple room. It was a, a lot of <clears throat> charged energy in that room. And, I'm not going to describe what happened later on in the night. Maybe I'll save that for another one. You absolutely tease. I, say, I am a bit of a tease today. But what I did like, so once we'd done our superhero training, and I use that term loosely, basically, it was yeah. making three drinks. We then well, retired. One of the party was terrible at reading instructions. Yes. Um, we're not going to reveal who that is, Secret Stag, but you know who it is. He was shocking. <laughs> So we all retired into the the back of that room, which was like a the lair, the, lair, the super villain. I really area, liked which was, it. It was really cool. It was really funky it was and dark, and it had candles and funky red lights, and it was just really really cool to hang yeah. out there. And it was quite, you know, started off quite empty. Then a few more people sort of ended up. But we being got in the, the best real estate. Yeah, we got we, the big table in the middle with the settees yes. and the big chairs. We got, we got the nice real estate, which was obviously of prime importance to Mrs Absolutely. H, who enjoys a good table. Apparently, <laughs> I do enjoy a table. You do, you really do. And but while we were in there, at mm. one point we're all sort of chatting around, and it's it's this quite a tense atmosphere in terms of things are feeling quite sexy, right? Well, you know, who knew after 15 cocktails? Well, after after quite a few cocktails, again, you know, referring back to the drinking in this situation. But actually, because they're all wonderful people, they're all our really good friends, mm. they are all hot. Yes. All hot. And um, I turn around and what are you doing? I might have been kissing somebody. Who were you kissing? It wasn't my husband. No, it wasn't. It was someone else's husband. In a bar. In a public bar. In a public bar. I thought that was actually really hot. It was really hot. I was quite, I was like, oh, that's naughty. That's sexy. And at that point, I think a fuse was lit. Well, maybe that was a catalyst for, oh, oh is this happening? Yeah, and I think... I was feeling very naughty, very flirty. And I do enjoy an atmosphere that I feel has been created just for us in a way, because... We're all together. We're all looking really nice. We've all dressed up. It's a really exciting venue. And I'm going to sit next to someone else's very attractive husband. What am I going to do? Well, make out with them, yes, apparently. Yes, exactly that. And then make out with the girls. And then I made out with the 
but very sexy ladies. Yeah. And then obviously I made out with you at some point because you're my very attractive husband. Thank you. I think it's safe to say I made out of everyone at the table. I think you did. <laughs> what I think you liked more was yeah. the fact that as this was happening, people were starting to come into the bar and wondering what was going oh. on. <laughs> um, and it was, but it was really sexy. It's very because, exciting Because though. we had this, you know, we don't really know these people they don't give a shit about us so it was fun to play in that dynamic of being <laughs> a little bit out in the open a little bit more flirty and flivorous yeah. with our you know with our whole approach and mm-hmm. it was quite funny because the barman dude noticed all of this I sort mean, of we stuff were quite discreet in a way we didn't just like sit there all making out like american no. pie it was we just every, every now and then we rotated a little bit and we sat next to someone different yeah. and then after 10 minutes of chat there might have been some kissing yeah. with that person. But I, I loved all of that <laughs> stuff that was building up and that flirtiness. A very sexually charged atmosphere. It really was. And I mean, what happened next, mm. um, we'll probably have to talk about on the next episode. Oh, you absolute prick tease. Oh, it's so terrible, isn't it? <laughs> mm. I mean, people can see a picture or two on, on the Twitters there if they want to. Yeah, there, Twitter pictures. There are some Twitter pictures. There are some pictures and videos which are never, ever being released to the public. No. But there is a story to be told and, <laughs> and I think we can do that on our next episode. So, mm, I think, yeah, I think that would be good. Might, might we might delve into the London trip. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit of that and, you know, maybe we'll talk about some other things as well, you know. What other things knows? have you got in mind? I, no idea yet. We'll see what people send us. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, thank you ever so much for, for staying with us. If you've got questions about anything we've talked about today. All the um, questions will be what we, what we did next. Yeah, well, what, what do we do next? Because and, let's face it, that's... That's what people want to hear. Well, the naughty bit. Mm-hmm. No, they wanted to hear about these questions that they sent us and we have <laughs> diligently rambled through them, promising people a bit of naughtiness and then stepping away at the last moment, leaving them edged for another two weeks. <laughs> yeah, you have successfully edged the audience. I mean, they don't want to know about that thing where you did. And, no. and then someone else had to sleep in the, and then you, there was the... With the and that, I mean, they don't want to know about that. So we'll save that for next time round, because hopefully we went to your next appetite. time on Jack O'Horney. Yes, Jack O'Horney. We'll talk <laughs> a little bit about that. And you know, if you've got questions, thoughts about anything that we've talked about today, uh, or want to chuck us some more questions, send them to Bedhoppers Suck on Twitter or bedhopperssuck at gmail dot com. Or we have now have a Patreon. Yes, we do have a Patreon. Which, you know, shocker, I'm actually mentioning. All right, how do you get to there, dear? I don't know. Come on, you, you can, can tell, tell us. me. It's something to do with going to Patreon and then Bedhoppers. It's patreon.com forward slash Bedhoppers I UK. I knew it. I totally knew that. <laughs> so, you know, thank you again to our patrons, the patrons that have signed up to support us. We're going to be doing some special stuff for them very soon. We've already done a couple of special bits. What do I have to do? You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. And... You know, if you want to oh, support us. Oh, is it just us, going to be you doing Star Wars impressions? They're going to be the survivor is a woefully disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me with those young eyes. I mean, it's not going to be me doing Star Wars impressions, let's face it. It, it is. No, I, can you do a Chewbacca impression? No, I cannot. It's not happening. That's not me. There is you. You totally oh. moved your lips. <laughs> oh, not those. Oh, this is awkward now. Anyways. I can only do a Chewbacca impression with my ever lips. Exactly. <laughs> Again, that's not me. <laughs> okay, fine. Right, anyway, thank you for joining us. Mrs. H, do you want to do your thing? I do. Thank you for hopping into our bed.
and welcome to episode 109 of the Bed Hoppers. And <laughs> <laughs> so you waited for me to start and then I'm you got sorry. your boob out. I wasn't. I was just rearranging them. If just one boob believes in you, strong enough and hard enough believes I in just you. Want to be comfortable. Why not more <laughs> and more? And to get comfortable, I had to release one of the Babylons. When all those Babylons believe in feel you. Feel it slightly and then put it back in. Strong enough and hard enough. What about your crazy dream where you had giant nipples? Is that why you got oh your boob out? That was the worst dream. <laughs> it was so strange. Like, really strange. Would it be worse Five to have inch... nipples the size of dicks or dicks the size of nipples? I think I've been asked this question before, but... <laughs> Suffice it to say, I had five-inch nipples in my How dream. How do you know they were five inches? Because I remember in my dream they were like hanging out and I was really confused why they were so big. Okay. But then I was... Did you I get was, a ruler In out? my dream, I was telling you to arouse me so I could Arouse you. you. Arouse me, good so sir. So I could show you how long they were and how ridiculous <laughs> they looked. And then you, you consequently did. You looked at them and then you felt them and then they went like ridiculous and they were like poking out. Like, and how did you wake stupid. up, dear? I've just realised you're recording this. Yeah, I know. It's funny, this one, isn't it? For your pleasure. <laughs> it's for, uh, your oral pleasure. <laughs> I woke up mid-play with myself. <laughs> mid-play with yourself. <laughs> yeah, in my, my dream self had clearly initiated Once some... again, she wakes up fudging herself in the middle of the night. No, I, I was, actually. I can't deny that. <laughs> but I didn't know it was my dream self, so I can't be how responsible. I think your real self was crossing over and fudging with your dream self. They met in the middle somewhere. They did. They very did. They did. <laughs> right. 